Week 16 of the NFL season has come and gone. We have our perceived Super Bowl matchup preview come and gone. It was an interesting one, to say the least. We get to talk about all that and preview an exciting matchup on Thursday Night Football. All that and more coming up on the Gridiron segment. Welcome back into the Gridiron segment. My name is Kyle. I am joined by Ricardo and Sammy. We are going to be talking about all of the exciting action coming out of week 16 of the NFL season. Hey, playoffs are practically here, boys. We are talking about playoff seeding. Divisions have been clinched. Shout out to the Lions. Shout out to the Niners. Despite losing, they still clinched their division. We're going to talk about that game. But before we get to that, I do have to shout out our amazing sponsor at Vivid Seats because y'all just heard me. Playoffs are on the line for the next two weeks. And that means if you're anything like me, hey, I'm not going to be seeing much playoff football. So if I'm going to try and get to see a Bears game, if you're going to try and see your favorite team in the regular season, you have got to use Vivid Seats. Use the link in our description. Save yourself a little bit more money. We are talking about guaranteed tickets, the best ticket buying platform on the market. Get yourself to Vivid Seats and get your butt in a seat before we're in playoffs. And it's lose and you are out. And it looks like we did have our Super Bowl preview, but now that is so, so questionable for the San Francisco 49ers if that is in their future. They lost 33-19 to against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens looking like an absolute wagon. Like, they just are rolling. They have got it figured out. Their defense is phenomenal. Sammy, I'm going to throw it to you first. Give me your thoughts about that game on Monday. Well, I think credit first needs to be given to the Ravens, right? I mean, they for, they forced five turnovers. Uh, the defense was absolutely swarming. Um, surprisingly, CMC was not contained necessarily. In fact, he was probably the only bright spot in that offense. But it was everywhere else that just didn't seem to go right. I mean, this Niners offensive line could not handle the pass rush. They could not handle this front seven. Look, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I, I've said it at the beginning of the year, and I'm going to say it again. Roquan Smith is the best linebacker in football, and this yeah, game proved it once again. I mean, there was nothing for Brock Purdy in the middle of the field. He didn't get whatever he wanted. Speaking of Brock Purdy, I've always had my doubts about Brock Purdy, but not his ability to play, but can he play from behind? And, you know, uh, our friend, my friend Joel Moran from the Pick Aside podcast provided these stats for me, and I thought it was very interesting. Brock Purdy against top 15 defenses has a 61% completion percentage, 224 yards per game, eight touchdowns, seven picks, and only an 87 passer rating against top 15 defenses. These are not top 10 defenses. These are top 15 defenses, meaning if your defense is in the middle of the pack, you are likely to catch Brock Purdy on a bad day. Who would have thought? Not me. Look, Brock Purdy crumbled when there was any kind of adversity. Brock Purdy crumbled. Four picks, three of them in the first half. That's unacceptable. And and, and let me tell you right now, look, Brock Purdy, if his team is ahead, of course. I, I, I love the way Brock Purdy plays, right? He plays it controlled. He doesn't stop the tempo, but he plays it. He plays very smart football. When he's down, he becomes more erratic. Four picks in this game and i and i want to give credit to the ravens because forcing five turnovers against a, an offense that was number one in the entire league that is not easy okay by any means necessary but 
again, this is the number one offense in the league. And Brock Purdy, as far as I'm concerned, heading into this game, was the MVP favorite. Get that out of here. Insert a new one, Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson doesn't necessarily have the stats for MVP, but I'd be he damned if I does. He never does, but damn it, is he not the most important player on this Ravens offense? Like hands down. Like there is no, no way. There's no way you you can picture any other quarterback can that can operate this Ravens office as well as he can. He is no the, the league can. He is. Like he is. He, the entire offense is predicated on his ability. Right. And and that's that that's the craziest part is that the, the Mar Jackson is the offense. And and he went up against a Ravens defense that's top five, I believe even top three, and he had their way with them. He had probably his best passing day of the season. I mean, his probably his most efficient. He then he also had a multiple plays where he would just escape. And it's look, man, th- this if it wasn't hard enough to catch Lamar Jackson, the offensive line plays well. But even when it doesn't, you can't you can't really catch him anyway. My point is this: Lamar Jackson should be the front runner for MVP. The Ravens should be crowned the best team in the league. I don't know about should. Yeah, I think he will, the, but I don't know about should. I think he I think he should. He has every right. I think all year long, you know, he doesn't have necessarily the stats, but his performance against the consensus best team in the league after maintaining great play the entire season, having this performance be his best performance of the entire season, mauling that Niners defense, how can you not make him if he's not if he's not the front runner, he has to be top 3. We can't ignore Lamar Jackson anymore. Yeah, I, he's top three. But here's what I saw an interesting tweet from Barry Sanders that was uh, uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter, now X, um, saying that even the season that he rushed 2,000 yards in 97, they did not give him the sole possession of the MVP. He shared it with Brett Favre. And I think that's interesting because I think that that situation. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think they'll do a co-MVP again. But I think that if there was ever a season that it could happen, it's this. Because there's not really a clear-cut quarterback. Like you said, Lamar Jackson doesn't necessarily have the stats. Yes, he is definitely the most valuable the most valuable quarterback in the league because you take Lamar out of that offense, that offense doesn't function, period. That doesn't necessarily apply as fully to some other offenses because those offenses have great coordinators. They have great weapons. There are ways that you can scheme up certain things, even if your star quarterback is out with the Ravens offense. If Lamar Jackson is out, it's over. Like that is it. And that for me, that shows that you are the most valuable. And I do think that ultimately it's going to go to Lamar and man, what an alarm bell for the Niners in this game. Like the fact that they much like the Cowboys so clearly have to be ahead they have to be front runners is alarming for a playoff push especially because interesting stat that i did not even realize kyle shanahan has never won a game when trailing by a touchdown and going into the fourth quarter like he's lost every time that's alarming that's poor situational football like we talk about it constantly games are won in the fourth quarter if you need a lead going into the fourth quarter to win a game, because clearly that is the case, that is extraordinarily alarming. Uh, Ricardo, I'm throwing it to you next. Give me your thoughts about what's next for the Niners and what's next for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, piggybacking off of uh, your guys' points about Lamar Jackson, um, the word most, I mean, the 
MVP stands for most valuable player, and there is nobody more valuable to their team than Lamar Jackson. I don't care about what the stats say, you know, and he's got good stats, you know. It's not like he's it's not like he doesn't have any stats to back him up. But, you know, use your eyes, as we all saw last night. He was dealing that football, man. He was dealing last night. And you could tell these you could tell both teams came out fired up and ready to go for that game. You oh, know, 100%. Sometimes those holiday games, sometimes guys are not fully in it, but those two teams, 11 and 3, they knew the stakes of hey, you know, this is our signature wins of the year at stake. And Lamar Jackson came out to play. John Harbaugh and defensive coordinator Mike um I believe Mike McDonald is his name. They, they came out and, man, they put together a game plan for the ages. Um, oh, absolutely. Incredible, incredible what they did to pretty much rattle Brock Purdy, you know, and it's and you don't really see it. But these guys did that, man. And those those interceptions, I know a lot of people are going to say, hey, those oh, they were tip balls. They're up in the air for anybody. But that's by design, man. Like this, this is like, you know. One of the most basic drills in football is the tip drill. You know, you're taught to tip these balls in the air and have them be up for grabs for anybody. So I 100% credit the Ravens for all of those turnovers that they created last night. Um, and uh, and interestingly enough, that these guys, man, they they truly do their homework with this whole. The Niners don't play well from behind. If you guys go back to, to early on in that game, there was a fourth and goal. And John Harbaugh decided to, hey, you know what? Let's not kick the field goal. Even though they got those free two points on that safety, on that weird safety, right? Where, where the ref tripped Lamar. So weird. That was such, <laughs> that, as soon as that happened, I was like, that's a safety. And my dad was watching yep. the game with me and he goes, no, it was. I'm like, that's a safety. Yeah. <laughs> so, but if you guys go back to the beginning of that game, there was a fourth and goal where it was like, hmm, it's kind of interesting. You can kick a field goal and you can, I forget the exact score, but it was either be down one or go up one, you know. But they said, hey, you know what? Let's stick it to these guys. These guys do not play well from behind. Let's go for it. And long behold, they punched it in and they really never looked back after that. No, they did not. They never let up on the gas pedal. And I, I got to say, but I, I said it last week, I believe, John Harbaugh, we need to give him his flowers. We need to give him his credit. He is just an all-time coach. His spot in it will be in the Hall of Fame But when all is said and done. And he has got a very, very good team that I kind of like for a deep playoff run at this point. And it seems like they will be, unfortunately, Sammy, in possession of the number one seed in the AFC. Well, well it's not guaranteed, but if hey, you want to I, say come on. go ahead and then, like just write it in, then go ahead. I mean, if you just you just beat, and also you are coming off of some ticky tack fucking wins, all right, against the Cowboys. Who don't travel well. Cowboys who don't <laughs> travel well. Cowboys don't travel well. That's a fact. What 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 are we doing? We're gonna discredit the Dolphins. You just you just came off of a ticky tack win over the Cowboys. You beat the Jets. That's all right. And then not too long ago, you yourself were saying, "Hey, we don't deserve any respect. I don't want any respect." Hey, hey, now look, you're like, look, hey, the one seed is not I guaranteed said, for the. I league. said, I said, I said this. I said, I don't want it because the Dolphins have to earn it. And in two straight games, they have responded. 
with a 30-point blowout against, by the way, 30 points on the number two ranked passing defense. I'm so and sorry. then, I'm and then, and then you go up against the Cowboys. You go up against the Cowboys, who are coming off a pretty bad loss, who are fired up and want to prove all the haters wrong on the road. I mean, look, this this Cowboys team, say what you want, they're contenders. And and they're they're a contending team, especially in the NFC. So if you're gonna discredit, and I guess we'll just go ahead and talk about the Cowboys and Dolphins, right? Since we're already here. I mean, I was <laughs> oh, yeah. gonna go into how Brock Purdy's interceptions were mostly all his fault. And <laughs> and 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 like like you can credit the Ravens all you want. I mean, I in that play action pass, I don't know why you make a decision to just row it with a defender right there and put the ball in harm's way. The first pick in general, it was just a bad decision. Look, the, the third and fourth picks were just straight up tip drills, but even that decision to Kittle was a bit like, eh, I wouldn't, I don't know if you make that decision. And then the uh, the last one was crazy. The last one, I think he got hit. It looked like he just threw it and he missed McCaffrey, but I don't think Brock Purdy misses short throws that often, but it showed, um, I forget who hit his arm, but Patrick Queen ended up with the interception. Look, the, the point I'm trying to make is this. Um, Brock Purdy still has a lot to prove. I mean, it's I, I said it before and I'll say it again. People were saying, oh, you know, well, well, look at what he's putting up. You can't deny it. I can't deny his performance as a player when he's playing this good and when he's playing ahead. What I can do is say, hey, well, when he is not in control of the game, he doesn't seem to step up like he should. I made that observation and all I was given was, oh, well, he's playing well now and his team is so good. It doesn't matter. What happens when you play a team that's just as good? What happens? Clearly, there's a level. Clearly, the Ravens are a way, are a really, really good team, right? A team that we all didn't, we're not really sure where they were as a team, especially because they were in the AFC. Now we know this team is a, Bonafide Super Bowl favorite and a favorite to win it all, by the way. Bottom line, you have to step up when that competition shows. And Brock Purdy did not. Once they were down, he never looked up. He looked down. And that's why he threw four picks. And he he had a terrible performance. There's no denying that. He'll yeah. tell you. It, it just was uncharacteristically horrible decisions because you're so used to seeing like hey he's just gonna you know take a kind of check down over here and let his playmaker make a play he was forcing things in a lot of ways that you expect when a team is down as much as the 49ers were but man like you said even those those turnovers happening in the first half when they're not even down that that's what was so just jarring mm -hmm. was seeing the turnovers happening before the score got out of hand uh ricky i'm throwing it to you who do you see coming out with the top seed in the afc <laughs> the baltimore ravens <laughs> let's go there yes sir oh, so goodness. yeah they're 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 gonna take it to the dolphins next week they know what's at stake oh <laughs> okay, they're just gonna take it to us. All right. I mean take it to you, man. Well, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's gonna have himself a day. Or we're not there yet, the Cowboy Dolphin game. Are, are we gonna talk about it? We might as well, right? I mean, like like you Let's guys are just sl look, slandering the dolphins, catching the dolphins just catching strays. 
just out of nowhere. I don't appreciate it from the both of you, but it's all good. I'm I'm a very benevolent man. I'll let you guys do it. But best uh, believe your licks are coming in just a couple of seconds. So my bears won, so you can just Oh well we want to. You know what? Let, let's talk about Take this. Those okay? licks and find this, an ice cream cone, why don't you? No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause all year long, all I heard was that we can't beat teams over five hundred. We beat the team over 500 that just so happened to be really, really hot, and they came off a crushing loss. You would expect them to come out hot, and they did. It was a grind-out physical game, games that everybody thinks that we cannot win. We win that game, and all of a sudden, oh, we don't have a chance against the Ravens because they blew out the 49ers. Look, I'll admit this. The 49ers are at the 49ers. The Ravens are 1,000%. They should be the favorites in this game. They should be the favorites in the Super Bowl. And damn it, I might pick them to win this week. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But what we're not going to do is completely discredit what the Dolphins have been doing all year long, which is building an elite defense on top of being one of the best offenses in the league. Actually, the best offense in the league. And Mike McDaniel... D- said it after the game this is not this is just the beginning we have this is how this is our first step at proving ourselves and next week against the baltimore ravens is the next step now i, I want to say this about the cowboys and i'm gonna i, I want to give the dolphins a lot of credit we we earned this win 1000 percent. but there were some things that the cowboys were promised at the beginning of the season that just have not gone into fruition And this is kind of why Mike McCarthy receives the criticism that he receives. Mike McCarthy said that this run game headlined by Tony Pollard was going to be way better. We, that is now a lie. All right. In more attempts than last year already, I believe Tony Pollard has 868 rushing yards. That number could be skewed. I'm pretty sure it's around the 860 range. It's significantly less than what was expected. Exactly. Last year, Tony Pollard had less carries, significantly less carries. I believe it was along the 190 rates. He rushed for a thousand yards, splitting carries with Ezekiel Elliott. He becomes he the RB three down back. Yeah, I was getting the, to that. Look, the Tony Pollard experiment clearly, clearly, he's not an RB one. He's never been an RB one. But what he did was fool you into thinking he was. And and that's the thing about running backs is that. You don't, you never know. And that's why people are so hesitant to pay them. You never know. You really never know if this guy, if these, if these guys are going to sustain this level of play, Tony Pollard behind a pretty good offensive line. It's a bit battered, but pretty good. Nonetheless, somehow, some way has not been able to match the level of success he had last year. And partially, I don't know if you guys saw this play. It was, it was, I believe it was the down before first and goal when they fumbled. Mm. Tony Pollard to the corner, wide open into the – it looked like he had green – it was going to be a touchdown. I'm pretty sure you guys have seen the picture. Yeah. He, for whatever reason, cuts in, and Deshaun Elliott, credit to him, makes a phenomenal tackle that essentially saved the game because the very next play, the mm. fullback fumbles, <laughs> and there you go, the Dolphins – Turn that into three points, which end up being the game. The other thing I want to talk about, the run defense. No, the Dolphins did not exploit it like I thought they would, but it was still a problem. The run game was still there. And 
you want to know what's funny is that when Raheem Mostert and Devon A. Chain were not getting that many carries, as a matter of fact, the feature back in the very last drive was Jeff Wilson. We have heard Raheem Mostert's name. We have heard Devon A. Chain's name. Jeff Wilson is the last person anybody expected to really get this rock and run it down your throat. And you let it happen. Mike McCarthy promised that that would be better. Guess what? It hasn't. Mike McCarthy, I gave him credit a couple of weeks ago for making Dak Prescott and turning Dak Prescott into an MVP candidate. And I'm gonna give, I'm still gonna give him credit for that. I give him credit for how he has developed CD Lamb, how the tight ends have gotten so much better. The play designs are a little bit softer, but they're better. What he has failed to do is establish the run game. And, and he has a stop and he's failed to establish any kind of physicality in terms of running the football. And, and, and it's, it's a shame. It really is because last year it was the com almost the complete opposite. They were running the football and Kellen Moore actually was poo pooed on for it. He was poo pooed on for making this offense too. You know, uh, it was, it was too high scoring. It was, it's, it, it was, it wasn't, you know, what's the word that, that Mike McCarthy used to describe that offense. It was too pretty or something. He thought it was just too much. Right, we just gotta keep it straightforward. Well, keeping it straightforward hasn't helped, and quite frankly, I'm disappointed in the Cowboys. I think they're gonna bounce back next week. I really do, but it's clear they're contenders. But the levels in the NFC could not be more different. Despite what happened to the 49ers last night, I still don't think the Cowboys have a chance against this Niners team no. because, quite frankly, I don't think they can out physical the 49ers. Only one team in the league can do that, as we have seen, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Yep. No, and I also don't trust the Cowboys against the Ravens, conversely. So that's the, that's the thing. And that's, like you said, that's the disparity right now between, I think, the top of the NFC and the top of the AFC. And you know what's so great? And I'm about to throw it to Ricky because, Ricky, we've been talking about the top of the AFC, and we haven't been mentioning a certain team. And it hasn't been like this for many, many years. But we are talking about the number one seed in the AFC, and we are not even remotely talking about the Kansas City Chiefs because the Kansas City Chiefs lost, of course, to your Las Vegas Raiders 20-14. to 14. Your reaction watching that game, sir? Oh, man. Um, I mean, that was a Christmas gift <laughs> from the football gods there, man. Um, man, it's such a, such a strange... Uh, you know, to see, it's so strange to see the Kansas City Chiefs like this. Um, embarrassing, honestly. That's an embarrassing loss for them. When you consider everything, you're at home, number one. You did not allow an offensive touchdown. <laughs> they did not allow an offensive touchdown. That's, that's, that's a crazy stat, yeah. You want to get even weirder, the Raiders did not complete a pass in the second, third, or fourth quarter. Okay. They're it's also worth noting, Josh Jacobs, not active today. And Josh not, not active that not game, play. not today, yesterday. And Josh Jacobs didn't even play. We were on our second back. And he ran, he ran for 145 yards all over the Chiefs. But, Fresh I mean... Bird. I mean, their strong suit this year really has been their defense. You know, their defense did their part, aside from, of course, you know, the Raiders ran ran down the field, got a couple field goals on the offensive side of the ball. But, you know, the, the, the thing is that on defense, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, their offense 
has been the question mark all year. And, you know, that's what happens. You know, you pay the price when you try to get cute on your own side of, you know, on your own 10-yard line. They run like a direct snap to Pacheco and try to hand it off to Patrick Mahomes. Like What was that? Like you are trying to get cute on your own 10-yard line. Of course, you're going to pay the price, (laughs) you know, and surely enough, they fumble. But the Raiders were in their face all game long. The Raiders were in. Mahomes' grill. He was getting hit every play. Um, Malcolm Coons had three sacks by himself. It wasn't even Max Crosby. It wasn't even the guy that you would have thought it to be. Um, Mahomes' uh, turnover, uh, um, excuse me, the fumble and then the pick six on consecutive plays. I mean, man, for being a Raider fan, of course it was sweet. That was even sweeter than the 63 points that we put up on the Chargers the week before, to be honest. I would think so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty excellent. City and uh, Patrick Mahomes has was 17-0 and against the AFC West from November on in his career. And we really just – we really bullied them. We bullied oh, them. Fantastic to see. That's going to be a concern for them moving forward because we all know that Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game. You know, he's never traveled. um, And as it stands right now, I I actually don't believe they would play the first round uh, on the road. I think they're going to get a home game this year because they're going to pretty easily win the division (laughs) because both of their, because the Broncos are going to be, Broncos are seven. Okay. Bengals at home. I think the Chiefs, they, yeah, yeah. it would take an epic Chiefs collapse, and then it would they, take. Yeah, there's no way they won't yeah, win the West. Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, assuming that the Bron, I mean, the Broncos, I don't. Won. Yeah, they. If the Broncos took care of business, the last two weeks, if they if they had just won the games, they would have won. They could have, they could have made things interesting in the AFC West. But I wanna, I wanna real quick talk about something that happened in the off season before we move on. Yeah. Eric Bieniemy going to Washington. I've alluded to this before. I think evidently we needed to give Eric Bieniemy the credit. This entire time we've needed to give him the credit because Andy Reid might be the mastermind of the offense, but Eric Bieniemy was the enforcer of it. Eric Bieniemy and it, Eric Bieniemy has an attitude. It's a no nonsense attitude. He's not going to give you credit. But he is going to get on you if you mess up. Yep. And that kind of attitude affects receivers. Now, obviously, against with the commanders with no offensive line, it gets a little bit difficult. But the wide receiver play in Washington hasn't been terrible. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Sam Howell has had a pretty good year. And I know they benched him. I I, I I disagree with that choice so much. I disagree with that decision. Yeah, I don't understand benching him. But, hey, man, if you really want to win games this late when it doesn't matter, be my guest, Ron Rivera. Anyway, look, <laughs> I just – I'm not allowed to have a bad game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense. But back to my point, Eric Bieniemy, when he was on the Chiefs, laid down the, le- the, laid down the law. He did. And the Chiefs, because of it, never had a lot of drops. They didn't lead the league in drops. They always, they seem to always have big plays, even though Tyreek Hill was there. And now Eric Bieniemy leaves, and both of those have been an issue. Look, Rasheed Rice is going to be great for the Kansas City Chiefs for years to come. 
But Kadarius Tony, it's not working. It's not working. Justin Watson, he's okay. That's not going to work at all. And who stepped uh, in for the enemy? Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. That's Hello. We're talking. Everybody's everybody's thinking to themselves that the offensive coordinator position does not matter. I beg to freaking differ because look at the drop off from the Chiefs offense this year and the Chiefs offense last year. It's crazy. And I know the wide receiver talent isn't crazy, but it wasn't crazy last year. It wasn't. Juju no. Smith-Schuster was in that offense. And, and we now know this year that Juju Smith-Schuster is not good. He isn't, okay? And that granted, it's the Patriots, but he isn't they very good, either. okay? They they were able to get the best out of Kadarius Tony, for lack thereof, out of Juju Smith-Schuster. Travis Kelsey was able to have one of the better years of his career. And what happened? They won a Super Bowl because of it. What's now happening is Eric Bieniemy left... And the, and the Chiefs wide receivers got complacent. And mm -hmm. you're seeing what happens when that happens. Patrick Mahomes is more frustrated than ever. And you lose against a Raiders team that sh that who Antonio Pierce should get all the credit. If he doesn't get the job, I don't know what your franchise is doing, Ricardo. Oh, Antonio because, Pierce better get that job. Because it, ha it already happened once with Rich Versace on what he did after John Gruden got fired. If it happens again, we might have to investigate the Raiders franchise. Because, damn it, Antonio <laughs> Pierce has these oh, guys I in he has these guys in playoff contention competing against a bona fide, no, competing against the reigning defending Super Bowl champs, winning on their home field, and we're not going to give him a head coaching job? Give me a break. The Chiefs should be worried. They should be scared. Every team, I'd take a lot of teams over the Chiefs in the AFC right now. Patrick Mahomes is not going to save him this year. And to your, to your point, to your point, Sammy, the Chiefs have no identity offensively. Mm-hmm. Are they a heavy run team with Pacheco? Are they, you know, uh, quick screens? Are they aired out? Or is it just Mahomes running around and just improvising, playing backyard football? You know, they have no sense of direction of, of how their offense is running. And, you know, the Raiders really exploited that yesterday. You know, as you said, with Antonio Pierce, he had those guys ready to play and he's four and three as as the head coach now and as a raider fan i would i'm i'm sold completely i'm sold give me ap <laughs> let's do it you know I, I love the black air forces that he comes to to work with i love the raider starter jacket and i love the raider chance after and the the cigars let's do it man he brought speaking of identity he brought the raider identity back and that's in your face, relentless, hit you in the mouth. I'm going to taunt you when I get a pick six and I'm going to fake the ball to the kid and I'm going to take it back, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm talking about the Chiefs, but you guys got me excited about AP, man. <laughs> now, I mean, man, we can give we can give credit to the Raiders, man. I mean, the turnaround. Look, this is not the first time they've stifled an offense, okay? I, a Dolphins fan, experienced it firsthand. Look, the, the Raiders' defense, since AP got hired, it has been an upward for the offense to the point where, hell, if if it makes me think, if Derek Carr had just stayed, and I know Derek Carr's not having a good year in, in, in New Orleans, but if Derek Carr had stayed, how different would this team look with Derek Carr? I don't know if they're I, – I, look, the difference between Aiden O'Connell and Derek Carr, it, to my opinion, is very significant. Yeah. 
All I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty big Derek Carr truther. He's not having a good year this year. But Derek Carr, if he's still on the Raiders, if they decide to pick Derek Carr over that garbage Josh McDaniels, who knows what would have happened? But maybe then we wouldn't. Maybe we wouldn't know that AP is the truth if that happened. You know, I, I think. I think at the very least, at the very least, the record is flipped from seven and eight to eight and seven, and that's a big mm-hmm. difference. Yeah, I, I agree. And the, oh my god, in this AFC playoff picture, that's a huge, huge hey, difference. At the very least, you know, being modest. Well, hey man, the Raiders currently sitting at an eleven percent chance. Of sneaking into the playoffs, still it's not over, dude. It's wide open. The AFC South, they are like all eight and seven, basically. Like the Bills are now in the sixth seed at nine and six. The nine and six is only good for the sixth seed right now. And you know what? The Browns, damn it, Joe Flacco. He is that. (laughs) He's that Ford truck, just like Rob Sala said. That you know, in those warm months, he's kind of chugging and not doing so great but damn it as soon as it gets below below freezing he is just smoothest ride possible i love what's happening over in the afc playoff picture right now i'm gonna be completely honest mainly because of the afc south like it feels like absolutely anyone can take that division because right now absolutely anyone can take that division it is currently tied at the you know at the top with the colts texans and jaguars all tied at eight and seven. Jaguars currently have the tie break. How long can they hold on to the top seed? I don't know. It's kind of, se- I don't know. It's kind of seeming like the Jaguars are, you know, they've got an easier schedule, but they're not primed for, they're not primed for playoffs anymore. Like we thought they were. We thought they were going to be like the playoff team coming out of the AFC South. And that 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 is so in question at this point. Sammy, I'm throwing it to you first. Who do you see coming out of the South? I don't know. Like, well, what are we doing? What is this question? Like, what? Uh, like, like, like. I, look, when I saw this question, when I saw this question, I was just like, oh well, I guess the Jaguars, right? Then I checked, and and Trevor Lawrence is out against yeah. the Panthers. And if the Panthers resemble anything like they played against the the Packers, Packers hell, got saved. If if they resemble anything like that, look, man, we we're talking about a football game. And and then what's amusing is what's amazing to me is the fact. That all three of these teams are fighting for the division, and all three of these teams are operating with backups. That is hilarious That's to the me. Best part. Gardner Minshew for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Gardner Minshew has been playing well. Let me not discredit him, but you lost to the Falcons. And losing to the Falcons with that inept head coach that is Arthur Smith is a no-no. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> An Arthur Smith head coach that lost to the Panthers. All right. So that's a no-no. All right. The Texans, I can't really blame the Texans. Um, losing to anybody at this point because I mean the difference with, is there with without CJ Stroud and with CJ Stroud is very vast. I also think this Texans defense is kind of vulnerable. You could tell it's at the beginning stages of being a D'Amico Ryan's led defense. Like it's not really there yet. You could tell they're missing a little bit of key pieces there, especially that linebacker in secondary. Like like there's there's something missing there with the Texans. But the Jaguars, I mean Trevor Lawrence has not been healthy. But if we're being honest, I want and I wanted to get into this, and people are going to be very mad, mad at me for when I say this. I think we should officially strip the generational talent uh, moniker away from Trevor Lawrence. I think it's time. Oh. I think it's time to completely strip it away. And I say that because a generational talent elevates the talent around him. And last year he did that, one thousand percent, at the end of the season. 
And coming into the season, we expected a full MVP top five, top 10 quarterback leap. But what happened? It feels like the offense is still complacent. The offensive line isn't that good at all. But as a generational talent, you should be able to rise above that, right? Andrew How about Luck you? Got run out of the league because of getting exactly. So, and then on top of that, Calvin Ridley has not been what you thought he would. Everybody was like, "Oh, it's the first couple of months of the season. Let them cook. Let them cook." They've cooked and they've overcooked. Okay, it's not happening. It's that it hasn't happened. Then Christian Kirk being out ends up being so much bigger than we actually think. Because once Christian Kirk goes out, that's essentially Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. Trevor Lawrence can't really get anything going outside of that. Last week against the Ravens, who, to be fair, it's a great defense. But then this week against the Buccaneers, and their Buccaneers defense isn't bad. It's definitely a Todd Bowles-led oh, defense. It's a good defense. But, again, generational talent. Trevor Lawrence, rise above. You can't. And I get it. He's playing injured. He's playing injured, and I completely get that. I, I, I don't understand if these players are going to play injured. If you're going to play injured, if you're going to play, you better play well. At least, uh, at least serviceable. Trevor Lawrence has not been that. Trevor Lawrence has made plenty of mistakes. And in this game against the Buccaneers, I, did they put up any points? I don't. I think they. I think they did put up a couple of points. But a couple of touchdowns, both to touchdowns. Calvin Ridley. Both to Calvin Ridley. Congratulations! Ding 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 ding. You still lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 become almost underwhelming. And now Trevor Lawrence is hurt going up against this game against the Panthers, and he's going to be out. Look, Bryce Young just had the best game of his career. Exactly. Look, Trevor Lawrence, if you still want to call him generational, you can. Absolutely. I think there's, there the, are, there's always the potential. But 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 generational, but generational quarterbacks eventually found a way to make it work. And we completely throw away Urban Meyer in his first, in that first year with Urban Meyer. We completely throw that away. The next year starts off a bit shaky, but finds out finds a way. And this year, he starts off shaky again. It looks like he's going to start pulling up, but guess what happens? He gets hurt. Look, if you're going to start off slow all the time, just don't come out at all. At that point, we need you to be out here running it. We can, we need to have you out here being the best, one of the best QBs in the league. And Trevor Lawrence certainly elevates this offense a bit. But he doesn't elevate it the way a generational talent should elevate it. And that's why I'm taking that moniker away. Because it's if an you're interesting gener- discussion because I was having the same kind of talk with one of my friends, and it's we can talk about him as a franchise quarterback. He is someone that you can right. you can someone you can build around. We 1, can talk 000%. about him. We can talk we can talk about him in that light, but the, like you said, the term generational is so overused. And it like it just doesn't apply. Like QBs can be franchise quarterbacks and still not be generational. Like that's fine. Trent Dilfer is a Super Bowl champion. Like that's that's okay. He doesn't have to be Peyton Manning. The expectation was there coming out of college because of everything that he did throughout his high school and college career. But like you said, man, it's just not seeming to be like, whoa, this is the guy all of a sudden. And he's now in year three. Um, man, I just. I really hope not because that that means that the 2021 draft class is just all 
<laughs> nobody. Oh like, well, look, means. Trevor Lawrence. Look, at least Trevor Lawrence is an actual franchise quarterback. At least none. None. At least no he can give a starting job. No other quarterback in that class. Justin Fields. Even... Justin Fields is one hundred percent capable of building a franchise. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I completely forgot about Justin Fields. Probably because the Bears are, are mid, but like it's, because it's... the Bears don't deserve him. Okay, I'm we willing don't. to admit don't. that. I'm man enough to admit that. The Matt Eberflus Bears don't deserve Justin Fields. Ah, uh, we're not talking about the Bears here. We're talking about generational ta- generational talents like Trevor Lawrence, right? But what he about has the old that. generation. What about like uh, I don't know, Joe Flacco? Let's talk a little bit about Thursday night football. We have got the New York Jets traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Sammy is so mad that I just did a segue right there. Ricky, I'm going to you first. Give me your thoughts about the Jets and the Browns. This is going to be a massacre, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way Flacco has been looking, uh, hey, look, I guess there's no stopping him, man. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. That son of a gun still got a little bit in it. He's still got a little bit I mean, in there. Two weeks ago, you know, Sammy made the point, and I agreed, like, is that sustainable? And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think it was. <laughs> Maybe, shit. But, hey, man, like I said, uh, I think a few weeks ago, too, when you have a defense like that as well, you you know you're going to be in every single game that you play. Um, and, you know, this week when you're going against, you know, Trevor Simeon or is there going to be Trevor Simeon? I, who knows? Who Simeon? knows who's, knows. who's the Jets are going out? There with his Achilles. <laughs> Just kidding. But, man, that quarterback carousel is <laughs> goodness, man. There's an, it's, oh, it's, so, it's so Jets. It's so Jets. It's bad. Yeah. Wave wave the flag, you know. But uh, no, I expect, I wholeheartedly expect the Browns to go in there and, uh, you know. Yeah. No, I, I, it, it's really hard to pick anything else but the Browns at this point. Sammy, I'm going to you. I won't give my prediction, even though I just kind of did. I mean, quite, quite frankly, like, Look, I'm not going to count the Jets completely out here because I I really do think that defense is is special. It really is, and um and and it's a special defense. And I feel like you know Joe Flacco. Ironically, I think Joe. If anybody can exploit this defense at its best, I think Joe Flacco might because he spent a year around that defense. So I I think he he'll have a bit of an advantage. Mm. I just think I just think that at this point the Jets are are trying to just build the morale of the of the entire season. This season has been a wash. It's been a wash for the Jets, all right? Ever since Aaron Rodgers got hurt, the false hope that he would come back. I mean, it's just been bad. And and, and quite frankly, I I think the Jets need more moral victories than ever. And by moral victories, I mean real victories. I mean, as in wins. They might not amount to anything. And it might not, you know, it might not, you know, suffice everybody when it comes to like, you know, oh, we want to tank, we want to tank. Look, the, the Jets have been tanking for too long. The Jets have yeah, been too, having garbage. What do they do with top draft picks? You want to give them another one? Look, at this point, at this point, like, why, why would you want to tank at this point? Let's win some games, okay? Robert Sala is going to get a, another crack at it next year, okay? And damn it, he's going to try to win, all right? He is. And, and, and the idea that you guys want to keep on losing so that you can get a high draft pick, I'm sorry. How long do you guys want to keep this carousel going? How long do you guys want to keep on losing? Because damn it, I know what losing looks like, and I don't want to keep on doing it. I'd rather stay at the top. 
I'd rather be 500 sometimes. Just give us some kind of moral victory, something to be excited about. And I feel like right now, Robert Sala is trying to do that. And the fan base is kind of just like, ugh. Uh, just get another receiver. Uh, just get, just get, just get a, just get a tackle. Come on, just no, no. It's, 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 it's not time for that. It's time to build the morale of the entire organization. D time to like build something up. I know it's gonna amount to nothing. All I right, but to, I think it's time to fire Nathaniel Hackett. It, it's, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett firing him would be a start. He's a but it's time to, for, for real. It's time to win. It's, it's time to just straight up just win a couple of games to end the season okay please just just try to okay i understand it's hard right now your season is a wash i bet it's a wash a lot because you're the jets but for god's sake just stop crying about wanting a high draft pick you guys have been doing that for too long okay at some point you guys guys got to be over oh i want to lose like i thought like not having a super bowl in like decades would convince you I, that you wouldn't want to lose anymore, but... <laughs> no, the Jets haven't had meaningful winter games since, like, I, it's been decades, years. It that, like doesn't even matter at this point. And asking them to get at least one more win, it's doable because they play the Patriots in the new year, but asking them to get a win against the Browns, that is tough. That's a tall order. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going with the Browns by a score of, like, ah... Give me like 17 to 3. This is going to be obtuse. Thursday nights have been like too good recently. This one's going to be bad. I just have a feeling this one's going to be bad. Ricky, <laughs> do you have a score prediction for us? Yeah, I'm going to... Let's do 23-10. Uh, 23-10. to 10, I like it. Sammy, do you have a score for us, sir? I'm going to go upset here. I'm going to pick the Jets. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm no, going to pick the Jets. Look, look, I'm going to I'm gonna say it right now. Look, the Jets, in my opinion, they got nothing to lose. I feel like the Browns are riding high. I think this Browns, I think this Jets defense can stop this high, this Joe Flacco insanity run. I think it can happen. I'm going to pick the Jets to win this game. I think oh it's going to happen. I think the, the league is going to be stunned. I think the morale is going to be through the roof after this game. Look, Jets fans, don't stop believing, okay? It can happen. You guys can win. Just not against the Dolphins or the Patriots for that matter. God, I hope they, that they I hope that they can win against the Patriots. That's my hope. That's my hope because the Patriots <laughs> are screwing up their draft capital right now. Anyways, Jets fans, Sammy says it's it's you know it's not time to panic. You don't have to be down in the dumps. I say burn it all down. It's time to be down <laughs> in the dumps. You have every right to be miserable, just like me. But I digress. That is all we have time for. That was a little bit of Week 16 action and a preview of our thursday night football between the new york jets and the cleveland browns until the next time that is sammy that is ricardo that is kyle which is also me i am so so exhausted it has been a crazy holiday season if as you can tell but it has been great hanging out with y'all on the gridiron segment until the next one peace was hurt and let's be fair puka nakua is Ooh. probably the steal Ooh. of the draft that Ooh. that guy